to the BioUT podcast. I'm Lucille. And I'm Vivian. And we are more than more than thrilled to be the BioUT podcast host for the 2021-22 year. We are both first-year BioEs and are eager to delve deeper into the BioE community. Being first years, we literally have no expectations or biases for the BioE community. We're just so excited and curious to learn more about this tiny community and all it has to offer. And in today's episode, we have three special guests. And before we go into anything, would you like to introduce yourselves? Um, Emily, would you like to start us off? Yeah, sure. Um, Hey, everyone. My name is Emily. I graduated in 2021 in BioE, and I used to be BMES's, one of BMES's co-presidents for the 2020 to 2021 year. Um, Right now, I work in research and industry, and I hope to stay there for a while. And I guess my go-to boba order would just be classic. Uh, I love my little classic boba milk tea, uh, 50% sugar, less ice. Hello, everyone. My name is Steven. Um, in college, I majored in bio-E and eeks. And I was um, a design chair, VP, and co-pres in BMES. And my go-to boba order would be taro. I always judge a boba place by its taro. Also Wait, half sugar, too. half me ice too. cream. I yep. thought that was basic, That's but the I am, way. I'm a sucker for taro. Okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's classy. Um, to plug Emily Little, she was also outreach co-chair and co-VP with Steven. She just decided to be humble and not mention it. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm Teresa. I also graduated um, in 2021. I also got a degree in bioe and eeks. Um, I was design co-chair and then secretary and then treasurer in BMES. Um, and my go-to boba order is a jasmine milk tea, 50% sugar. All right, the sugar nice. level is important. The sugar level is important. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you get diabetes. Um, not to be dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yes, but... yes. Not the repetitive drinking of boba, mm-hmm. but, but just the amount the sugar you drink. Yeah. Anyways. Um, So going with the theme of the episode, which is what I wish I knew, we just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on something you learned that has changed your mindset in during your college career, and why have you defined this lesson as important? I can go first if you want to think, Emily. All right, cool. We're changing it up, I guess. Uh, In the five minutes that took me to log onto this call late, I thought about this question, (laughs) and I think my answer is... So uh, BMES, I think, used to or still currently, yeah, it's called Bowie Banquet now, but they used to host an event called Fall Reception, which we called FR, that happened in like October, November timeline. Um, I remember when I was a freshman, they had some sort of social, I think, that I showed up at, uh, and they were like carrying boxes of, of like prop, I, I think it was like prop vines or like prop ferns or something like that. Um, and <laughs> I don't know why, but me, Emily, and our other friend Liz thought it would be just like the best idea in the world to eat the leaves off this prop vine. Um, and then there was like a lot of additional craziness that went on um, that basically culminated in like us having a group chat with a name that has not changed in the four years that we've known each other. Um, and I feel like I shouldn't say what we said out loud because that's not appropriate. But, <laughs> but um, basically, what I learned from this experience um, was that, A, I met some of my like very best friends right from this experience. And we are clearly b- trauma bonded by what happened that day. Um, 
B, uh, I think it just taught me like college is it's, it's just meant to be fun, right? Like you, you don't need to go around and being like, treat everything like, oh, like this is a networking opportunity or like, oh, like, oh, I like, I'm gonna be friends with you because you can help me on my homework. It's like, no, like you make, you're, you're friends with people because they make you laugh and they do all the insane things that you're willing to do. Um, and I think that's like very important to find people who are willing to have fun with you. And when you say things like, oh, let's do this really, really stupid shit, they'll be like, okay, yeah, let's do that, even though it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, and I think that's just like a really cool lesson that I learned early on, and I'm really glad that I learned it early on because it like enabled me to have a lot more experiences than I maybe would have kept myself from having if I just thought school was supposed to be school. Like, I have to interject, like, and make clear, like, these leaves were, they're not like plastic leaves, like, it was like a real vibe. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 sorry. <laughs> I think that's a really great, great thing to clarify because I was wondering. I was like, so, so, like, no, 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 we, it's just eight plastic, and we're yeah. just still here somehow. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe you're just really feeling it. It was yes. fall reception, no. so. Um, I guess since I'm unmuted, I'll go ahead. Um, I guess one of the things that I think kind of came to me in hindsight was just like an opportunity isn't wasted as long as you're actually trying at it. Um, and I mean, like, it's like, I feel like that's something that I've seen a lot, like throughout, like in different places. Um, but for me, like what, like what, I guess how I came to that conclusion is just like, even if you like really hate something, like, let's say like you did a research opportunity and you really hated it. I think it's one thing to like, know, like one, I think a really important takeaway was that like, you didn't like whatever you were doing. And I think it's important to kind of delve into why you didn't like what you were doing. And I feel like the only way that you can have an informed discussion with yourself about like why you didn't like this experience is if you actually like tried it out and like, you know, like was willing to try to make it work. And then like see, being able to see like why exactly it didn't even, it didn't work while you tried. And I guess like, a, like, especially like one of the other things I noticed was like, I was a camp counselor for a couple of summers and I remember as a counselor, like when I like looked at all like the various like participants that went through, I feel like the people who got the least out of this experience were the people who like were convinced that it wasn't measuring up to what they had wanted to in some way, shape or form. And I think that's just because I remember when I was in high school, I had also done this camp experience and it was just really, and it was something that was really important to me. Um, and I didn't come in with any expectations necessarily, but I think if I had come in with expectations and then they didn't meet them and then you get a complex about it and then, you know, all of that mess. I think like what that, I think what that does is when, when you convince yourself that something isn't worth trying, you lose out on a lot of things that might've happened. You like, you lose out on a lot of potential because for whatever reason. So I think, and when I think about like that in college, like I feel like there's a lot of classes that I gave up on way too early. And so I feel like I learned less than I could have. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like every I, I feel like that's been the biggest takeaway for me. And as soon as I kind of had that realization, I don't think I had an experience that I didn't feel was unfulfilled. So um, thank you for sharing. I actually kind of feel that already. Um I feel that already just going into college, I actually was not excited at all 
And I feel like going in with that mindset, I already set myself up for failure just because I was like, this is going to be absolute shit. And luckily it changed when I got there and I got more excited, but I can definitely see how putting yourself in that route before you even give yourself the opportunity to see what happens is something that is really important. So I really appreciate you sharing that, Emily. Yeah, that's very insightful. Yeah, I think for me, kind of along similar lines, um, well, things that I wish I knew going to college, um, it's just, yeah, um, kind of this idea of giving myself permission to take risks. Like I think coming to college, I had um, a lot of ideas of like who I was or like what I was supposed to be, like um, do these different things out of school, like have these interests and um, a lot of that kind of baggage and stuff. But um, I think, yeah, it was definitely a process to um, kind of cut down on a lot of that. And yeah, just to really find out like what I was actually passionate about and just figure out what was actually like really important to me. And um, yeah, figuring out that like school wasn't like really everything for me. Like there's a lot outside of school. Like I know Teresa mentioned like finding that group of people, which is really important. Um, I think, um, yeah, on that note, like a club, BMES, it's a great place to start. Like it doesn't have to be the end, of course. Like you can meet a lot of other people in a bunch of different ways too. And yeah, maybe um, like one piece of advice for that is just, it's okay like if it takes time relationships take time and so if you haven't found like say your group or your people by the end of your first year second year like it's totally okay right these things take time so just be patient about it and like just try to stay involved and like find your people eventually so don't stress out too much about that and then i think another piece was just giving myself like permission to fail i think yeah i know it's berkeley everyone um, came from like the top of their high school, like, et cetera. Like you've heard this story, I'm sure as well, but yeah, that often leads to like a lot of expectations that are kind of, yeah, maybe like unrealistic at some times or yeah, just unable to meet like a lot of demands of like school and life and like work later on. So yeah, I think for me personally, like giving myself permission to fail meant that it's okay not get the, the best score or like X percentile, like for, like this midterm, right? I think um, it allowed myself to be freed up for, yeah, like taking care of myself uh, physically, like mentally, emotionally, and like a lot of these other things that yeah, really often get like deprioritized because of school and because of what else I thought to be important before. Uh, but then I realized like it wasn't actually like as big of a priority or as important that I thought later on. So yeah, I guess those are some of my thoughts, some, some things that I wish I knew coming to college. Yeah, you said something really interesting about giving yourself permission to fail. And I I absolutely love that. I'm all for a growth mindset. I, I try to adapt that as well, but I personally feel like it's so easy to relapse into that whole perfectionist mindset. So I guess that leads to two questions I have for you. One, how did you even realize in the first place that you needed to give yourself permission to fail in order to be healthy and, you know, be a being? And two, how did you keep yourself from, I guess, relapsing for lack of a better phrase? Yeah, I guess, so to answer the first question on um, that moment of realization was, I actually remember pretty clearly, like uh, it was a uh, spring freshman year. Um, I had just gotten the scores back for uh, CS61A midterm, number one. 
And I was actually um, walking back up the steps to Foothill and like Stern dorms with Emily. And we had like a good conversation. And I don't remember exactly what the content was, but it was definitely around that. And just realizing that um, something that, you know, people repeat to you or like gets drilled into your head, but I had not really internalized it is that like, I'm not defined by like the score. It's not an indication of who I am or like my potential in the future. Like I went on to enjoy like a lot more like, like classes um, and still get a lot out of academics in general. And it was because, yeah, like I didn't let that moment just kind of like stop me. Like I didn't just like stop trying because of that. So I think that was maybe like where that all got started. So yeah. And then your second question, did you repeat that about yeah. like the relapse? Yeah, it's kind of this idea of how, or for me personally, like how I had that moment of realization that I needed to allow myself to fail was actually in the junior year of high school when I would literally get anxiety attacks over like the littlest mistake that I would have. I realized that that wasn't something very sustainable and I had to change my mindset. So that's what happened for me. But there are times in college where I'm like, yeah, if I fail, it's totally fine. It's a learning opportunity. I'll grow from it. A score doesn't define me by any means. But then there are also times where I feel this weird need to just be perfect. So it's not something that for me, at least, is having a growth mindset isn't something that's always very stable for me. So I was just wondering if you ever had a relapse into that mindset of, oh, I have to get this certain score. How did you get yourself out of it? Yeah, I guess, um, I think maybe not in terms of like relapse, but there are definitely like low points, I think too, when I'm like closer to falling back into like negativity or like a pessimism. I think um, the solution to that, in my case, I was definitely like surrounding myself with like friends, people that I could trust, um, that could empathize with, even though like they're a lot smarter than me, right? You know, we, we kind of relate on very similar things in your in your classes, right? Who are kind of like down there on like the ground level with you, like they know uh, what's going on. But yeah, also acknowledging that different people have different coping strategies. I think the more general piece of advice is like find what works for you, right? I think a big part of college is like learning how to learn, like learning how to work. I think that's something people told me a lot, and it's been really true. Yeah, I was not really a social like. Um, really extroverted person when I like started out college I still don't think I am but and yet like I found that like uh, by leaning on like these people that like I really trusted people um, in my clubs and in BMES and classes like I was able to get through a lot of these like tougher moments because they will come you just have to be kind of ready and anticipating them yeah yeah and I guess <clears throat> oh sorry to also add on to this the idea of like relapsing um because I also I think every like Berkeley person goes through this like arc at some point of like where you're having to like kind of suddenly face like the reality of your mediocrity. Um, and I think something that I thought was important in terms of like when I was going through it was I think the first couple like semesters that I, I had kind of been posturing as a, I don't care about grades, but then I had, the, I think the problem was more like I hadn't quite figured out what I did care about. And so what that creates is this sort of complex where you're like posturing one thing when that still very much clearly affects you and hurts you. And so I think what was really important for getting out of that was finding something else to anchor on. Because when you think about it, it's like if you went, got up to this point because 
getting good grades and making a lot of achievements was something you considered to be a core part of your personhood. If you take that away, if you take away like that kind of pillar of yourself, it's not really, there's nothing else really supporting it. And so I think it's really important to find, to figure out for yourself what you want to be your new anchor. And that's once you have like a new anchor in place, I think you have a much less temptation to kind of fall back on this old one that you know had gotten you this far. So I think that that's really important to kind of like step back and sort of reevaluate, okay, if this isn't who I am anymore, what do I want? Would you mind like sharing a little bit the process of how you found your anchor? Like did your friend group have a big role in this or just the classes you took or something like that? Like, I wish I could have a story that, because it would just line up a little nicer with the narrative that we set up so far. But I think for me, like what I think this kind of goes on when Steve was saying is like, it's a different thing for every person. For me, what that was finding like this whole process, like finding my anger was just like, I think I've sort of gotten into that, the, the whole, I don't care about grades, but I didn't really care about anything else, sort of like wandering from all through freshman year and into like the first semester of sophomore year. But I think what really kind of started putting my feet back on the ground was just, I was, I realized I was going, I, one, I took a class that really aligned with what I wanted to do. And it's what I, like, I had that realization of, oh, I really want to do this. And then I think there was also this sort of realization of like, to me, what doesn't matter is the great, like the rate, the outside rating that I got on an experience. What matters to me is, did I learn from it? And I remember one of the big things that kind of crystallized that idea was I had taken Chem 3A and organic chemistry had, you know, scared the shit out of me. And so I, and considering I was already like in that place, I was not willing to try very hard for grades because I was like, oh, grades don't matter. And also I think deeper down, I was like scared of what if I try and I still don't get what I want. So yeah, there was all that going in. But then I think what happened was um, the professor that was teaching the class made it really approachable all of a sudden. And I could feel myself like throughout the semester, like getting more and more willing to like try. Like, I think that was the class, that, like the first class I properly went to office hours for. And going through all of that um, and like being encouraged to try for things. I think like th- that's what I realized. It's like at the end of the semester, I had had a grade that like I wasn't happy with, but I also like didn't feel like I had deserved it because I felt like I didn't try it as much as I should have it didn't really reflect the effort that I put into the class. And that's kind of when I realized, okay, to me, it doesn't matter what the grade is. It matters like what I think I got out of it. And I think that that was a very personal journey. So I can't say that it's necessarily the same for everyone, but I think like in terms of advice, if I can't give specific advice, I think the general advice is just to like pay attention to yourself and like really take the time to reflect on your life because like that, like your life is where you find your realizations, you know? Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I kind of, I definitely relate to that because a lot of my classes, I, sometimes I feel like I'm putting in so much work, but the test grades or something don't reflect the work I've put in. And it feels disappointing at first, but then it's when I look back at it, it's like, I actually learned something and does, that does feel a little bit better. So I think it's definitely like a very big mindset thing. And I would say like, I'm also very fortunate to have found a really great group of friends who are able to kind of encourage me and show me, hey, this letter grade's not that much. doesn't mean that much. You're taking these grades too seriously. You should pay more attention to yourself. And I think that's something that's also definitely helped me grow a lot. I guess, <laughs> I'm sorry, like it kind of went into like, not, the, I'm like super glad that it went this direction. Um, just trying to figure out a way to, I guess, have a bridge that is not so abrupt. <laughs> I think 
from what I've gotten is that from every one of you is that mindset is so, so important. And I think that's going to be one of the defining things as we continue in our college careers is just the mindset that we go into with it. And that having a mindset that allows yourself to fail and also still value yourself as a being is something that is going to be really important. And I'm glad that we could share that with everyone because I feel like that I, I have seen it with like other people and it's nice to also hear from other people, but it's something that you also have to experience for yourself. Yeah. I think college is like, the point is to change, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's supposed to be one of those like transformative experiences. And I think a quote that kind of helped that I heard early on that kind of helped me through it was just your life cannot unravel. It's still your life. It's just different now. And I think that that's really important, especially when you're feeling really low and you feel like everything's falling apart. I I think this whole concept of different now is what really matters. Sure. I really like that quote. Thank you for sharing that. That is, oh, Emily, just pulling out all of these, like, (laughs) (laughs) I guess moving on then, um, I feel like we kind of touched on this, but if anyone else has anything out of what advice would you give to a student that a school administration couldn't say? I think this is a really interesting question because I feel like school administrators have to kind of put you towards a certain path. And I was wondering what you guys thought. Um, I guess something that I wish I could have told myself (laughs) in the middle of my college career is that not to say you shouldn't put like your best effort forward towards like school and like the, the things you're pursuing, but also it's okay to give up. Like it, it's okay if you look at a class and you're like, you know what, like this sucks. I'm not interested. This is too hard. You can drop it. Like that's fine. Or if you are taking a midterm or a final and you're like, this sucks. Like I don't understand anything. This is too hard. I'm not, I'm like sleeping two hours a night. It's okay to just just get a C in the class. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end all be all of your college career. Um, I think like when you talk to a school administrator, they they're like obligated to say things like, oh, like you can go to like this tutoring center or you could do this, you could do that to like try to improve it or like try to, you know, get through the class. But if you really feel like you can't and you need to use your emergency drop, do it if it's the best, but like best path for your mental health to be the best that it can be. I am all for doing it and I wish that I had learned to do it earlier or that I had to had learned to do it at all truly in my college career. <laughs> Did you never use your e-drop Teresa? I never use my e-drop. Uh, well dumb question but what is an e-drop? It's your emergency drop so it's like the one drop you have that you can you can like drop a class after all the deadlines have passed for all the drop deadlines. I see. And With no consequences. Like a one yeah. semester thing or is like once for Once your entire college career. I see I see. Yeah. See, it's like the I powerful love, save potion. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I love how you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I love how you mentioned this, Teresa, because no one has ever mentioned that. Nope. <laughs> I, I'm, hoping, like I'm hoping that I e-drops mean, are still a thing. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like lying to you guys now, but it was a thing when I was in school. <laughs> you know, I feel like this is... I don't know, I'm thinking of like a, a clickbait article, like 10 things the school admin doesn't want you to know. About. <laughs> yeah. Number seven. Emergency you have an emergency drop. Drop. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. that should be the first thing. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I just want to jump onto that. Yeah, please, please use it. It's, it saved my butt when I was in sophomore year. You don't yeah. save lives. Yeah. And like, check if it's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Check if it's a thing before you're really. 
but like in, in general adult. feel free to drop classes if you feel like it's not vibing especially if you're like take you're in a major like bioe where our course schedule is very flexible like you could by the time you hit upper divisions you could sort of take whatever you want um just just drop it if you're not feeling it it's fine <laughs> Emily knows because I dropped the class we were taking together. It was half because I wasn't interested, half because I didn't want to haul ass at Lee Kashing every time I need to go to lecture. But you know. Well, I guess my question to you is how do you know the difference between you not trying and that the class is just legitimately hard and not for you? I mean, I think it's like also something you learn over time. Freshman, sophomore year, uh, you get to know like what it means for you to try really hard or for you to care a lot about a subject. And then by the time you hit like maybe like later sophomore year, early to late sophomore year, junior, senior, you have a good idea of what that means for yourself, I think. But also, I don't know. I think I don't have like a great answer. I just think it's a fine line between pushing yourself to the point that you're like just trying to convince yourself that you're interested or that you're like gung-ho about this because you like feel like you need to have a good grade or like because you feel like you don't want to be like a giver upper versus like taking care of yourself and making sure that you're, you know, doing things in a, doing college in a smart manner. And I think that's just like a conversation you maybe you need to have with yourself or your peers to figure out what that means. But I think it's definitely hard to figure that out until you've taken like at least a semester or two of classes and you understand what that looks like for yourself. See, that makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify, I guess. Yeah, because a class can be hard, but um, yeah. Yeah. Also, sometimes you like you know, Chem three is a great example. Like you have to take it at some point, so like power through probably, <laughs> or drop it to take it with a better professor. Some other like some other more optional courses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but for sure, like the whole self awareness thing is really important. And I also think a general theme that we've been talking about so far is just taking your care of yourself as just a human being. I, I feel like that's really important that that's not emphasized enough sleep is important eating well is important yes. <laughs> having a social life is important yeah pay attention to yourself I think that's like definitely one of the big things we have right now yeah for sure great Emily do you have anything or Steven about something that us that <laughs> advice that you would give that a school administrator could not give yeah I guess one, one thing is that um kind of picking back off the uh, Teresa's comment again I think one thing that maybe like your advisors or um, admin might not tell you about is just yeah, like different professors. I think, yeah, because obviously they, did, they don't want to like blackmail their, or sorry, not, not blackmail. They don't want to badmouth their own colleagues. But I think from my own experience and also the case with a lot of my peers, the impact that a professor can have on the, on the experience of a class is definitely like understated. Um, I think, yeah, a good professor can often make or break like your enjoyment of a class. And even for the long term, like it could um, maybe not like shut down your already existing passion, but it could like prevent you from like um, really growing an interest in that subject, I guess, um, to put it one way. So, yeah, practical advice would just be to do your research. Right. I think um, don't feel like you have to be committed to taking a certain class in a given semester just because everyone else is taking it. Uh, I, I don't want to expose any professors or um, any classes. I feel like it'll still come back to bite me. But yes, there. I, I, I did encounter a couple of uh, classes in my college experience where I was like, I just need to get this requirement done. Like, I don't care who the professor is, I'll just do it. And sometimes that is the best option, but um, sometimes it's not. So you just need to evaluate and take caution when you're planning courses, right? Um, take advantages 
take advantage, sorry, of like all the resources um, that are available to you, whether it's like uh, from the school, like from a, a club or like even your friends, people who have taken the class last semester, right? Like ask them just how it went. And so, yeah, just do like your due diligence in that area. Yeah, pay attention to the professor. You might end up like taking more classes from them in the future too. I know yep. you guys can't see it, but Emily just put a really good link in the chat about um, the tentative teaching plan for the professors who are going to teach the bio e courses. We will also link that in the description of the podcast for you guys to check out. Are there any yeah. other like websites that you recommend to kind of like, scout out your professors? Sometimes I remember my professor, but I feel like the, I think the things that I think are mostly are really good for, are the multi-year teaching plan. So you can plan ahead for things. Right, my professor is kind of biased, like Stephen is saying in the chat. And then um, I think for me, the most useful is like going to like the BMES course advice workshops because all the upperclassmen know the T because they've taken these classes or they know people who have taken these classes with these professors. Talk to your upperclassmen because like I, they, they, they know. So like, don't be afraid to take classes because of the professor, even if you're not particularly interested in the subject matter, because again, if you're, especially for bio, you have room for that. I can't speak for all three of us, but I feel like in my heart that the three of us took bio 104, like at least 60% because Terry Johnson was teaching it. I don't know if that's like necessarily universally true, but I think that's true for the three of us. Um, And I wouldn't say I'm like a huge fan of fluid dynamics, even after I've taken this course. But like, I think compared to a lot of classes I've taken, I actually enjoyed it a lot because he's just like a very engaging lecture. You know, go for it. (laughs) Look, watching him cross out massive terms and saying, oh yeah, this goes to zero with none of the the most beautiful things I've seen (laughs) in my entire college career. He also canceled our midterm because of COVID. So it was great. (laughs) Right. Unfortunately, um, I don't, or fortunately, or... I don't know how to phrase this. I don't think there'll be another <laughs> where Terry will cancel the midterm. So, but, but Terry's cool. So yes, that might just be Terry. enough to take the class. <laughs> mm-hmm. Streets is also super cool. I think 104 is one of the classes that people dislike no matter what, whoever, who's, who, no matter who's teaching it. So anyway, not to gossip about teachers, let's go. Um, I think- That's an episode idea, just gossip. <laughs> I think to jump on this whole like pro- like idea of like giving up I'm gonna say the thing that these cowards won't um it's okay to drop the bioe major if that's not what you want <laughs> I say that as someone who did stay in bioe because it did help me to go where I got but I also know a lot of people who like got sucked into the sunk cost fallacy. Not a lot of people. I know three people who got stuck in the sunk cost fallacy <laughs> of keeping bioe <laughs> along with their other majors. Um, and I, th- I think it's, okay, I know two people. <laughs> but then I think like, what's important, it kind of goes along with this whole idea of like knowing what yourself and what you want. And I think like depending on like when you realize that you want to double major and like why you want to double major. If you have like a, if you have a good reason for staying where you are, then do it obviously. But if you don't, like don't let some cost fallacy like drain more out of you. So yeah, I'll end it there. Cause because I didn't go through it myself, I don't think I had the right to really talk about it. But I think the other piece of advice that I would really have is pay attention to what you learn 
to like what you like in BioE 10. And I say that because I think one of like the kind of quintessential BioE major at UC Berkeley crises is, is like, oh my God, what do I want to do with my major? And then I'm doing the whole thing of, oh my God, like, which, like, what are they called? Concentrations? Yeah. Concentration, like which concentration am I on? And people like would just like put a lot of thought into that. Cause I think one of like, the sort of double-edged swords of the way that the BioE curriculum, like at least in 2021, how it was done, how it is being implemented is just, it offers you a lot of freedom of choice but it doesn't have necessarily a lot of structure in helping you navigate that freedom of choice. So a lot of people get like choice paralysis and kind of end up drifting. And with, and like, once you start drifting, you know, it's like, it's harder to feel like the major meant anything to you. Um, but something I kind of realized my senior year was just in BioE, like the whole point of BioE 10 is like to kind of give an introduction to the entire BioE space. And I realized that a lot of the topics and subjects that I was interest, most interested in in BioE 10 were the ones that I ended up pursuing later. And so paying attention to like what lectures are interesting, what homework problems were most interesting to you, I think is really important because it's like, that's like the point of the class. And I think a lot of people tend to like not consider it super, like not think about it super hard because it's an easy class. And, and because like you're focused on other things, it's easy to kind of like put to the wayside. But I think, yeah, I think BioE 10 is underrated for how useful it actually can be. So yeah, throwing it out there, like, especially if you're in BioE 10 right now, or just thinking if you're not in BioE 10 anymore, like just thinking about what you actually liked from that period of time, I think that's really important and it's underutilized. I really appreciate that piece of advice because right now I have been sweeping that class under the rug, but it has made me sort of reevaluate or it made, has made me reevaluate what I should be getting out from that class. So thank you, Emily. I really appreciate that. This also kind of ties into what you were talking about earlier. You want to like make the most of all the opportunities you have, all the experiences. You shouldn't just like take the class to fulfill the requirements to like kind of use it to evaluate your future a little more. For sure. Okay. Um, on to our last question and question I'm kind of interested, like kind of really interested in about actually is what is a not so serious thing that you wish you knew? Okay, I'm ready for this one. <laughs> ready? <laughs> there, demeanor just changed. There are, there are two Trader Joe's <laughs> in the vicinity of campus. All right, first of all, Trader Joe's, in my opinion, is objectively, so like a subjectively, the best place to get groceries once you move out of the dorms. That's my take. Because Berkeley Bowl is even better, but it's far, so it's not as convenient. So Trader Joe's is my, my top pick. Um, there are two. There's one near the Rockridge BART station all the way down College Avenue. And then there's one in like downtown Berkeley, which is the one everybody knows about. Um, so if you live like downtown or north side, you're probably going to that one. But if you live on south side, you probably should just go to the one in Elmwood because it's like tends to be less crowded. Um, and either way, like either direction, the 51B like takes you literally straight to the door of Trader Joe's. So anyway, there's two Trader Joe's. You don't have to go to the downtown one if you don't want to. That's my, that's my, wish. what I wish I knew. That, that's pretty solid, Teresa. I don't know how Stephen or, and Emily are going to one-up that. Yeah. Go on a snacks run, Trader Joe's run. I'm a Northside kind of person. So it's always the downtown Trader Joe's for me. You know, I'm loyal, you know, but, you know, I, I respect Southside. It's a, it's a different lifestyle for sure, but. Yeah, Northside people know what's up. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. 
<laughs> thank you for, for that, that advice. <laughs> um, Emily? Hold on, I, I, gotta, I gotta think about this for a because <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to regrettable oh. things. Um, I guess don't do 20 days of boba in a row. That was bad. Just because you can <laughs> that was put the hot like for the record, she did this with that girl I was talking about, Liz, where the three of us did stupid stuff together, but I opted out of this one so they drink 20 days of boba. Naturally. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Emily, because like I that's actually my first introduction to you was was that story. And I thought you were a pretty cool person after that. And and Teresa just gave up. So <laughs> oh, no. remember when I said it's okay to give up. Yeah. So <laughs> I took my own advice. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying though, if it wasn't 20 days of boba, it would have been something else, I think. I'd also like you can do other things to like I not to say that my goal was to look cool to underclassmen when I was doing this, you know. But <laughs> if if that's your goal. You can simply do something that's not 20 days of both. <laughs> um, so yeah, general that's consensus from the 20 days of both. Is there like a pretty good place or is like the main takeaway, like don't do it? No. So what we did, what we did was like, it was like 20 different days of boba. And I think that the problem was just, we didn't expect, like originally we had gone into it thinking, okay, we're going to rank all the boba places around Berkeley. Right. And I don't, and that's why I think I got a different drink every time. And then Liz got the same drink every time. So we would have like, an idea of both like consistency and range. But I think the problem was neither of us anticipated how absolutely sick of boba we would be by like day 15. So yeah, <laughs> in that case, the scientific study got a little ruined. So I'm sorry, tangent, what spurred this idea? Like she, she called me and she said, you want to do 20 days of boba? Oh, said, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> we were wondering what it's like to be friends with these two, that that's what it's like. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. There was, there, there was not, there's no trick to it. Usually, sometimes you just have to be stupid. <laughs> I mean, my roommate and I were running around in Harry the Platypus costumes around the dorms yesterday. So oh, I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't judge. Wait, can I go back and do my advice? Because yes. <laughs> my thing about Southside versus Northside people was not my actual <laughs> thing. I was just, I thought I was just responding to Teresa's, so. No, no, I it okay. was a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yeah it's, it's hard it's hard to communicate over zoom um i think my non-serious piece of advice would just be yeah just do a lot of stupid stuff when you're like underclassmen take that like trip to sf or just i don't know like bus somewhere like cool with your friends on a weekend right i think i guess covid definitely taught us all to like not take those sort of things for granted um, and I know like now even like it's still pretty difficult. So obviously like I know people are finding different ways to like have fun these days. But yeah, I think it was really interesting that um, yeah, in like freshman year, like sophomore year, like you're dealing with a lot of stuff yet. I still had the most opportunities to like go out and do these things with people. And that's like something that you just got to really treasure. Yeah, like again, take advantage of while you still have the chance because you never know what's going to come up what might change at school or in like life in general. You might even be someone like me who like ends up moving and can't really like um, explore the rest of the Bay Area if you're like not from here, so. And just to clarify, what do you mean by stupid? Um, I feel like we have some some, some people <laughs> who might take that too literally. Uh, so just like just, just say you want stories. <laughs> just say you want stories. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you willing to share? Uh, so I think we, I think our, our friend group just spend a lot of time in like the unit kitchens and that's kind of like, I think th that's a little sad because the unit kitchens are nasty, but I do think there were core memories made there. I think there's, uh, there's a time we went to a movie and then we came back and we made a giant pot of rice and someone had left like spices in the kitchen. And so like at some point, like Arnold was just eating like a pot full of pumpkin spice rice. And that was just what was happening for the night. Um, and there was another time, I think I had just really wanted to make cookies. Like I just desperately wanted, needed to eat cookies. And so it was like me, Wiz, and then Ethan and Kevin and Brian, like we just walked to the Elmwood Safeway, which is like all the way by Rockridge Bar. <laughs> And the, it was like, it was past midnight. So the 51B wasn't running anymore. So we walked the entire way. And at, at the very least, it's like Elmwood's like, you know, a relatively safer part of Oakland and all of that. And, you know, we were a big group. If anything, people were probably scared of us, but yeah. So we got, we, we got to Safeway and we got cookie sheets and cookie dough. And then we made our, we made our goddamn cookies. I'm currently scrolling through my photos to try to remember what I even did in college because it's all yeah one blackout. Good to know Safeway's open yeah. that way. Is it not 24 hour anymore? It used to be 24. It was 24 hours at the time. I don't know. It I might be. It might have changed. It would have changed for COVID, I think. But I yeah, think they're back to 24 hours. I was there late the other week. I have this photo of Stephen eating a burrito in Kresge. It's very illegal. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've been exposed. Sorry to the oh podcast God. listeners who can't see it. Please edit this out of the podcast. <laughs> no, if anything, Teresa, can you send that photo to me? Yeah, absolutely. No worries. No worries. Give a little thumbnail. That, that <laughs> yeah. one Presky librarian scares me. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wait. <laughs> the, caption, the caption of this photo says late night white rice and pasta. So that must be what you were talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Do y'all remember yeah. Stephen's whole phase with naked juice freshman year? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Stephen had a whole phase. Um, okay, that wasn't even that stupid. No, it wasn't no, stupid. It was funny. <laughs> the stupid part was that that turned into the group chat name of Stephen likes to get naked. <laughs> Okay, I feel like I need to explain. So, um, I, I mean, I was on the meal plan as pretty much everybody else was with the dorms. And so, um, yeah, I just had a lot of leftover points. So I was just like, mm, I'm just going to go and like eat at a GBC and like get the, get the juice there. And even though it's more expensive, like, because it, it's, it's closer to campus, right? Like, I don't want to walk back to like Foothill or like, yeah, forbid like Croods or anything like that. Um, so it's GVC, just get like a nice, you know, like couple of quesadillas and naked juice. And I was like, I was happy. And then, I don't know, I got memed for it. So I was like, okay, whatever. This, these are the people that I'm friends with. Did you know that his first thought when he met me was maybe I'll get new friends? Not true. I'm being taken out of context. I think stupid is basically us texting the group chat being like, let's go do this thing. And everybody, instead of doing homework, is like, yeah, let's go do that thing. <laughs> it's probably like a good summary of what stupid decisions look like for us, especially in the first and second years of college. Would, no, would we I, agree? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I feel like. Oh, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying like the tourist comment, like, yeah, in, 
in your friend group or whatever like social circle like you kind of know like if you're an instigator type or if you're just like a me so <laughs> yeah, just just know which one you are and then make sure like your group has like a good distribution i'll just leave it at that okay you can't say that you were like a not instigator though i remember several okay okay steven's like a low-key instigator he doesn't do it often but when he does it's like gut punching <laughs> he's like a sniper shot and it's kind of terrifying i feel like this has just become an episode of let's expose steven without context <laughs> which i'm all for i'm all for anyways um so i think we're gonna wrap it up just because main sax is gonna kick us out very soon um <laughs> any last pieces of advice before we end the episode enjoy your time i i think like obviously you don't want to go completely off the rails but also i think everyone here is focused enough on like what they want out of goals in their life to take that into consideration anyway. So like, just trust yourself to keep yourself on track and don't feel too guilty when you go out and do other things that enjoy that you enjoy. Have faith in yourself and you know more than you think you do and all of that. So yeah, trust yourself to keep yourself on track. I think that is the perfect ending to this yeah. episode. Thank you so much, Stephen, Teresa and Emily for joining us on our first episode of the year. We really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you so much for coming today. Don't miss out on the next episode where we'll be talking about undergraduate research. Until then, that's the Bayer ET. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a terrific day.